You're listening to another hope-filled podcast from Life. For more information about our church, visit lifenz.org. This morning I want to talk about um, something that has been on my heart for um, a few weeks now, and I've entitled this message, Exit Out to Enter In. And I'm sure you'll agree with me that we have been in a fast-tracked season of change. None of us saw it coming, but we've all been a part of the consequences of COVID and everything that has happened in that season. But it's, I believe, a season where we've been moving out from what was into what is now, but also into what will be in God. And, you know, many have been saying, many people, I've heard these words resounding over and over from many people, that it's been a time of resetting for them personally, a time of rethinking, and a time of reminding of the importance and the priorities that need to be in our life. I think we've all experienced the same thing. Maybe one of the... the, um, things in life that has put us all on the the same page. It's also been a great reminder of our humanity and God's sovereignty. A great reminder that we serve an almighty, almighty God, the God of the universe, and the God who has the final say. Let's not forget that, church, in fear of listening and being a part of and affected in some way of what's been going on in our world to remember that God has the master plan. He holds the master plan. He has the last say. It was also a great reminder that God is big and we are not. (laughs) I don't think anybody could have escaped that in this season. And it's a good reminder. Joyce Meyer says, when our props are pulled out from under us, we discover what we are really leaning on and what we really are rooted and grounded in. It's so true, isn't it? The Passion Bible says this in Psalm 27 to 8. Some find their strength in their weapons and wisdom, but my miracle deliverance can never be won by men. Our boast is in the Lord God who makes us strong and gives us victory. Our enemies will not prevail. They will only collapse and perish in defeat while we will rise up full of courage. My prayer is after today that a a bit more courage will be put back into your soul today because we serve a God that has the last say a God who holds the master plan. And I I personally believe this is a fast forward season in God. We may not feel that right now in our current circumstances, but God has been working behind the scenes. And this is definitely a fast forward in God and he's using this season to get our attention globally. And I think particularly for Christians, to get our attention and get us ready for a Jesus revolution. And a Jesus revolution starts in us. And as it starts and works its way in us, it can work out through us and spill out to others. It's a time to exit out of what was and enter into 
what God has. Kickstart. A kickstart means to take something, to make something start to happen quickly. That's what God is doing across the earth. And my prayer for each and every one of us is that we will move forward in the power and the prevailing power of God working in and through our lives and that we will see not only personal change but we will see change and a great awakening happen as a result as we move forward. To have all that God has promised us, we have to exit out of the old way of thinking. We have to exit out of holding on to what was because what was is no longer. What was has gone. We are in now. It's an exiting out of past ways. It's a time to ask God, what what do you need to change in me, God? What do I need to change? What are you saying to me? What are you saying to us, God? A time to be listening and pressing in so that we can move and enter into this new horizon and this new era that is before us. Now, God has the advantage. Let's never forget that, church. In the fear or maybe you've had circumstances change in your life over this season and it's got you falling into the trap of believing the enemy. He wants to use this time to bring disadvantage or make us feel like we're disadvantaged, but God has the advantage. God has the advantage over the enemy. He has gazumped him. God is a God of the comeback. He's the God of the pushback. And God has your back. Remember that. Don't allow the enemy to intimidate you. This is a message to the enemy as much as it is to you and I this morning. You know, God has spoken many prophetic words over our church and over our nation. Many words that have been spoken that will come to pass. What God has planned, what God has purposed, will not be thwarted by the enemy. And what has been spoken over us includes you and I individually, as much as it does us as a corporate body. It includes you and I. Everyone has a part to play, not just some, everyone. And if you're watching online, you too. Everyone has a part to play in God's purpose and plan. Romans 12, 5 to 6 talks about our physical bodies, how every part in our physical body is needed to function, for the body to function healthy and well and strong Every part plays, and if one part isn't doing its thing, we know about it. Every part, every one is important. In Romans 1, 12, 5, it says, So we, numerous as we are, are one body in Christ the Messiah, and individually we are parts, one of another, mutually dependent on one another not working on our own in the body, mutually dependent on one another, having gifts, faculties, talents, qualities that differ according to the grace given to us. Let us use them. Not hold them to yourself, not throw them out 
like throwing the baby out with the bathwater, as the saying goes, but using them. It tells us that there are gifts of prophecy, practical service, teaching, encouragement, providers, givers, those with a mercy gift. Everyone is needed. Everyone is important. And just a reminder, God's purposes and plans were not shut down in COVID. Can I say that again? God's purposes and plans over your life, over our nation, over us as a body of people, were not shut down over COVID. In fact, they were accelerating behind the scenes. I nearly knocked a pullet over. (laughs) They were advancing. Potentially what was happening is we are the ones that need to reset our lives. Hello? We need to change some things, our priorities to catch up to where God is in order to enter in to the purposes and plans. You know, a reset crossroad in our life is not a time to stay stagnant. It's not a time to stop moving forward, to shrink back, to stay small. It's actually a time to be awakened, to arise, to stand up, to be alert and ready for God. Saying, God, what are you doing? Here I am. I'm ready, God. I pray we're all ready when God presses the, come on, guys, let's move. We're all ready. We're not lagging behind, but we're ready to go. It's a reminder that we all need to stay tuned into God and press into and seek Him for the days ahead that will be purpose-filled and God-ordered and God-ordained days. Do you know that there is a portion and an allotted time that God has placed upon the earth, upon New Zealand, upon our lives, and this is our time. There's a time and a portion and nothing can take that away from God. Michael Maiden, when he was here just over a year ago, Dr. Michael Maiden, who's a prophet, if you weren't here when he spoke a year ago in February, I think it was, at our leaders' weekend, he talked about this house being a breakthrough house. He talked about this house being a miracle house. He talked about this house being a curse-breaking house. He also said that we will all be anointed to break curses, that we are all hands on deck for what God wants to do. We need to lean in with an awakened heart to the Holy Spirit and say, what do you want me to do? What's my part? Psalm 108, 1 to 2 says, Awake, O my soul, with the music of his splendour. Arise, my soul, and sing his praises. I will awaken the dawn with my worship, greeting the daybreak with my songs of light. Not someone else's, but mine. This, is, this season definitely has called many and God definitely has got our attention to really analyse in our own life who and what have we been living for and what really does matter. And God, I believe, is capitalising on this season to awaken and rekindle maybe the embers that have died down in our life and he's got like one of those pokey sticks <laughs> to poke and stoke the fire. I think they're called a stoke, not a pokey stick. (laughs) But using this time to awaken 
Maybe the embers that have grown dim or are diminishing and almost out say, come on guys, awaken. You know, many times over the past few months in this season that we've been in, you would have heard Paul say that God's got this and God therefore has us. He has our back. And I just want to remind us today and I want to remind the enemy today and I want to remind the spirit of intimidation today from Ephesians 1, 22. The church you see is not peripheral to the world. The world is peripheral to the church. Let's not forget that. The church you see is not peripheral to the world. The world is peripheral to the church. We have the backing of heaven behind us and we have kingdom purpose in front of us. Psalm 108 one says, My heart, O God, is quiet and confident. My heart is quiet and confident all because of you. Not because of what's around me, but all because of you, God. And we can confidently move into the new because we know that God's already gone before us. But I need to awaken the dawn. I need to look up. You and I need to awaken our soul. Take our eyes off current circumstances of restriction and allow God to lead us into where he wants to take us. Philippians 3, 13 to 14 says, I don't depend on my own strength to accomplish this. We need to remind ourselves of that. We need God. It's not in our strength. However, I do have one compelling focus. I forget all of the past as I fasten my heart to the future instead. I run straight for the divine invitation of reaching the heavenly goal and gaining the victory prize through the anointing of Jesus. To enter means that we have admission to go in. We have permission to go into. What God has authorised, we have permission to obtain. Can I say that again? What God has authorised over your life, over my life, over this nation, over this church, we have permission to obtain it. He's already authorised it. We just need to stand up and attain it. So what do we need to do personally to enter in. I'm going to just focus on three things this morning that we need to do personally so that we can exit out to enter in. And the first thing is to stand up. We need to make a personal decision to get up. Nobody else can do that for us. Only we have the ability to do that. Secondly, we need to step forward. We need to make a personal decision to make progressive steps forward. We don't have to be at the end yet, but we've got to be moving. And that's a personal decision that you and I have to make ourselves. And then we need to make a personal decision to stretch into. Stretch into where God is wanting to take us. Make a personal decision to walk in to the un familiar of the new. You know, some in the room today, and maybe online, you're in this place where you're sitting down because you've been knocked down. 
I know what it's like to be knocked down in life. It's happened several times along my journey. Maybe you've been knocked down by others or unexpected circumstances that have come your way and it's caused you to be afraid. It's caused you to be fearful, caused you to be hesitant to believe again. Anyone been in that place? Or maybe it's caused you to lose your confidence because that's what the enemy wants to do. When you've been knocked down unexpectedly, the enemy wants you to stay down. So he's gonna do everything in his power. In fact, he's the one behind why you got knocked down in the first place and he wants to keep you down. Sometimes when we've been knocked down, we need help to get back up again. And there's a story about Elijah in 1 Kings who had just won this incredible victory. He'd taken down an army and he was in a great place of victory, but he found himself listening to the intimidation of the enemy that was spoken to him through a man called Ahab. And here he was listening to the current circumstances or or being pulled down under pressure by circumstances he found himself in. This intimidating spirit came to him and said, I'm going to take you down for what you just did. And he just had seen God work on his behalf in his life, but he listened to the lie of intimidation. And he went running. Everybody, anybody been there before? I certainly have. I'm like, I am out of here, God. That's what happened to him in 1 Kings 19. I'll pick up the story from verse 3. You can read it in your own times with having a read, but Elijah was afraid and ran for his life. When he came to Beersheba in Judah, he left his servant there while he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness. He went off by himself and he came to a broom bush, sat down under it and prayed that he might die. Just been into this great place in God, saw God do amazing things and here he found himself and he said, God, I've had enough. I know I've said that, God, are you serious? I am out of here. Well, that's what he did. Take my life. I'm no better than my ancestors. And then he laid down under the bush. But this is what God said to him. He said, all at once, he sent an angel to him and he he said, all at once, an angel touched him and said, get up and eat. He didn't say, now, 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 you poor thing, you're scared. (laughs) I'll leave you there scared. He understood, but he didn't say, stay there. He said, get up. Get up and eat and get back in the game. And then it says an angel, he fell asleep and then the angel woke him up again a second time. Sometimes, you know, God has to come back to us a second time because we didn't quite get what he was trying to tell us the first time. I know that's happened to me before. And maybe that's you today. And can I encourage you to get back up? Because the angel came a second time and touched him and said, get up, eat, for the journey is too much for you. So he got up and ate and drank. Strengthened by that food, he travelled 40 days and 40 nights until he reached the mountain of God. You know, our strength when we've been knocked down is in the word of God, the bread of life. Don't run away from God if you've been knocked down. Run to him. His word is sustenance to our soul. You know, we can all get knocked down. I get that. 
I understand that. I've been there. We can all get afraid and tired at times. We can all want to run at times. Sometimes we get weary from past victories, and we have to be careful of that as well. From success, we can get weary. But God doesn't want us to stay there. We need to stand up again and exit out of that old into the new. There was a time about over a year ago now, the family was staying with us and we went for a walk on the beach. Our youngest son, Daniel, has a border collie who's a beautiful dog. His name's Chief, very intelligent dog. And um, anyway, we were walking along. I got ahead of Daniel and the dog talking to other family. I think it might have been our daughter-in-law, Gabriella, I was talking to. And then he loves to catch balls, the dog, and he's very fast when he does. I don't know if you've seen those dogs on the beach. They're just like waiting. Are you going to throw it? Are you going to throw it? And so he throws the ball. And in anticipation of catching the ball, he didn't realise I was in the way. So by the time he turned around to see the ball and catch the ball, he got me and knocked me down. And bang, I went to the ground just like that, very unexpected. And I was on the ground like, what just happened? I actually didn't know what had happened because I wasn't ready for it. You know, some of you might be feeling like that today. You're like, what the heck just happened? You weren't expecting something to happen in your life. And what happened was when I went to get up, I realised I actually couldn't. I, I needed help. Unfortunately, With humility, I had to allow Paul to throw me over his shoulder and walk me home because I literally couldn't walk. By the time I got home, my knee was twice the size. Then I had to go to the doctor to locate the problem. When it was located, then I needed to get a brace, do physio, put in the hard yards so that I could actually do that again because my MCL was torn and I could not do that. But it didn't just get better on its own. I had to get back up. I had to do the hard yards. And I want to encourage you, if you've been knocked down today, please get back up. I love hearing personal testimonies of the comeback of people from hardships that they've suffered in life. And in reasons where you could have remained a victory, but a victim, but you didn't. You got back up and moved on again. We can all justify why we might be sitting down until Jesus comes and stands before us. Says, hey, I understand. I identify, but you can't stay there. I love you too much. You've got to get back up and move forward. So don't allow the things that knocked you down keep you down. We need to stand up, straighten our posture and exit out of that to enter into what God wants. And then some are sitting down in the room today maybe online today, this could be you as well. And maybe we've all been in this place at times where you're sitting down by choice, by the allure of comfort. Man, I've seen so many people that have been on fire for God, building the kingdom, going to take on the world, and they got weary, potentially because they didn't have personal boundaries in place, but Unfortunately, oftentimes when people get weary like that, the church or God gets the blame. And they, they took time out, but they never came back. They got cosy because they liked the feel of comfort, of sitting. And maybe you've allowed cynical to creep in for whatever reason and it got you retreating 
instead of believing and building. Cynical is such a poisonous thing. And there may be reasons why, but when you stand before the kingdom purpose, can I just say, please don't stay cynical. I've heard so many conversations post-COVID, which is fine, and it was great for a season, and it was great for the reason of people that were comfortable in their lounge room with their cuppa and their slippers on or whatever, track suit, whatever. Like I said, it was good for a reason and for the previous season, but this is a new day. And staying comfy at home doesn't keep kingdom and heaven purpose moving forward. It's focused on self rather than on others. There's a story in Ruth about a young woman who, with her mother-in-law, Naomi, had a beautiful relationship going in. Naomi had two sons, of which one Ruth was married to, and her husband and the two sons all died very close together. And Naomi was um, encouraging Ruth to go back to her people. After the funeral and after they had buried the three son, the two sons and the husband. And, and um, there was a good reason for Ruth to want to go back and be in that familiar place of the people she knew, the place she knew, the comfort of her own culture. But she chose to stay in the unfamiliar and look after Ruth. She chose to stay loyal to uh, Naomi, rather. She chose to stay loyal to Naomi and make the difficult journey into the unknown. She boldly stepped into the new by leaving the old behind. Comfortable doesn't take us anywhere. It makes us stagnant. It even can make us slothful and lazy. Tell it like it is. (laughs) But comfortable always ends up being our containment. It may seem awesome at the time, for a time, but it ends up being our containment. Do you know, for Ruth, the uncomfortable option that she chose ended up being the pathway to her blessing from God. It ended up being her pathway to open pastures and it not only blessed her life and put God's favour on her life, it was also extended to her mother-in-law and family. You know, there was a time in my life where I had to find, in a very abstract way, really addressed a comfortable place in my own life. And it was a place where I had built a fence around my heart and had a locked door and gate at that fence because um, I wanted to lock myself behind the gate and in the memory of my father who had passed away when I was 10. And that place had become a cosy, familiar place to me. You know, we can actually get comfortable with our pain and it's very sly trap. We can get comfortable in the pain and it locks us away. And I was comfortable there until God challenged me and said, Marie, I need you to step forward, get up, step forward and walk through that gate. The problem was I didn't want to leave my father behind, but my heavenly father said to me, if you don't do that, I can't lead you forward. So I had to let go of that and hold on to God and he brought me into a place of freedom to unlock my heart. I had to choose to walk through the discomfort of what walking forward looked like. 
You can't allow ourselves to be allured into comfortable, whatever that may look like for you in your life. We have to take a step forward, exit out of the old and into the new. And lastly, some are sitting today because they don't feel worthy to stand. There's a lot of people that can fall into this area where you don't feel worthy to stand. There was a woman at the well. You may be familiar with this story where she was doing everything she could to avoid people because she felt ashamed. She felt second rate. She was doing a social thing, which was drinking where people used to come around the world to draw water and socialise. But she was doing that when she knew nobody would be around, where no one would see her. And she got stuck in her circumstances. Please don't let your past cause you to be stuck today because Jesus doesn't want you to be stuck. He has freedom for you to walk into. This woman was sitting down on the inside and snared by the enemy and by her past until she encountered Jesus. And he offered her freedom and a chance to walk into a new beginning. Do you know what? The reality is if you do not value yourself, you will allow others to devalue you. And that's what this woman had done. She had been married four or five times and was living with another guy at the time. She didn't value herself. Therefore, she allowed others to devalue her. And she lived out of her life from that view. And in John 4, 4 to 10, I won't read it all for sake of times, but it says this. Jesus had gone, uh, Jesus came to the well and said to her, will you give me a drink? His disciples had gone into town to buy food and the Samaritan woman said to him, you're a Jew and I'm a Samaritan woman. How can you ask me for a drink? For Jews don't associate with Samaritans. And Jesus answered her, if you knew the gift of God and who it is that asked you for a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. Jesus offers that living water to each and every person in this room, online, in this world today. We can, no exception, nobody's better than anybody else. He went on to say in verse 18, and this is where he identified with her. He, he let her know he knows where she's been, but that he wasn't going to hold her to that. He said, you've been married five times and now you're living with a man who's not your husband. And she said to him, you have told the truth. And as a result of that conversation, she accepted the living water from Jesus and he offered her a new life. She faced her wrongs and we just need to face our wrongs. It's not like pretending they didn't happen. Just face them, say you're right and then go forward to make them right with God's help. God never wastes a mess. Can I say that again, church? He never wastes a mess. He turns our mess into a message that will bring hope to somebody else. He turns it around into a powerful message of hope. When God forgives, He forgives completely. Yes, what happened did happen. We have to own it. Yes, it did. But we can't change that, but we can change 
what we walk into. We can all walk in to a new beginning. Galatians 5.1, it says, In this freedom, Christ has made us free and completely liberated us. Stand fast then and do not be hampered and held and snared and submit again to a yoke of slavery, which you've once put off. Do not allow past regret to find you. It's something that happened to you. It is not who you are. Do not let it define you. A victim mentality will cause you to live a life of bondage and retreat. We have to stretch into the new and exit out of what was to have what will be. You know, there's a story just as I close in John about a crippled man that had sat by a pool for 38 years. And he could fit all three of these categories that I've just been talking about. Yes, life did throw stuff at him. Yes, he may have had reason to be sitting. In fact, he was a cripple laying by the pool. And it was a pool where all miracles were happening. When people got in and washed in the pool, they came out well, healed. But after a while, this man's condition became his identity. And then it became his comfort. He'd been there 38 years. It was easier to stay there and blame his circumstances, blame everybody else that got in before him, rather than actually look on in the inside of him and see what, what can I change? What do I need to do? Have I become comfortable in this? It's easy to blame somebody else why nothing has changed in us. But we need to take responsibility for that. And that position became his reasoning of thought and his excuse that others were more privileged. You don't understand, God. Others got in there before me. It says this. Um, one man had been, in John 5, 6 to 9, one man had been an invalid there for 38 years. When Jesus saw him stretched out by the, the pool and knew how long he had been there, he asked him this question. Do you want to get well? You might think, what a dumb question, but he asked that question because the guy had been there 38 years. And he asked him that question for a good reason. Do you want to get well? The sick man said, Sir, when the waters are stirred, I don't have anybody to put me in the pool. By the time I get there, somebody else is already in. And Jesus could have said, Now, now, that's okay. You can just stay there. Stay there for another 38 years. That's okay. It's okay. I understand. But he didn't say that because he loved him too much. You know what he said? Get up, take your bedroll and start walking. And it says the man was healed on the spot. He picked up his bedroll and he walked off. That's what Jesus offers us, freedom. We don't have to be bound by our past. We don't have to walk around with our head in shame. We don't have to live as a victim. We can walk free. The challenge from Jesus, the question to you and I this morning, for whatever place we find ourselves in, for whatever reason we may be sitting down today is, do you want to stay there or do you want to walk? Then first you have to want to stand up. Then you have to want to take a step. Then you have to want to make the stretch. 
Nobody else can do that for us. We can have a support team around and that's great. I needed that when I got knocked down. The support team helped me get back up again. But do you wanna be willing to walk forward into new? Dr. Tony Evans, which is Priscilla Shira's father, and Priscilla has been a part of sisters and the church in the past. But he says this, it's so powerful. Whenever, wherever your bed is, that's where your home is. So where's your bed this morning? Is it on the ground where you got knocked down? Is it on the ground where you sat down and got cynical or tired? Or is it on the ground where you stooped down? I wanna encourage you this morning, get back up, roll that bed up, put it under your arm, put your head up high and be a part of where God wants to take you. It's our choice. Let's not sit back, let's stand up, step forward, stretch into and go after everything that God has for us. We've got to enter out, church, to enter in. We hope you enjoyed this podcast from Life. If you have questions or want to contact someone about this message, visit lifenz.org.